Oh, just like clockwork. Oh, I hit the record button and instantaneously a yawn comes. Hmm. Okay. All right. We're going to talk about the three types of people. This is not recording. I think it is. It looks like it is. We're going to continue. We're going to talk about three types of people. And we're going to talk about the three types of people as far as personal progress, <sighs> achievement, becoming. Okay. First type of person. They're the people who were better in their past than they are in the present. So their propensity is to return to who they were. They go back. So these are people who look in their past and say, oh, I was a better person. I was nicer to people. I was whatever. Um, so what they do is they try to journey back to a time when they were a better person than they are right now. That's the first type. The second type is a person uh, who yawns all the time. <clears throat> a person who looks back at who they were and they say to themselves, um, I'm a better person now than I was then, so I'm going to continue to be a better person. So I'm going to take what I've learned from my past, who I was, and I'm going to take what I learned about how I became better. So I'm going to do the things that improved me, and I'm going to continue to do those things and be a better person. That's the second type. The third type of person is a person who considers that they're pretty much where they want to be. Yeah. No need to go back and review the past because the past is inconsequential to the present. It just has, it doesn't relate. They feel that they have reached, and you people will tell you this, it's just who I am. This is me. They use these phrases to describe their state of being. So they have become who they think they are, and that's it. So they make no real effort to review the past. They make no real effort to to improve themselves because they figure that this is who they are and that it's the waste of time or that, yeah, <sighs> excuse me, or that any effort is not worthwhile because this is who they are. So why would they make any effort to improve on what they are? Yeah, that's the third type of people. Now, the interesting thing about the first type of person is, and you see this a lot in men and women, um, and it's, it's distinct to the two. Men try to return to a time when they were popular, return to a time when they were athletic, <clears throat> return to a time where women were interested in them. I, I know some men. It's really sad. <laughs> it's sad as hell. Um, they think they're God's gift to women. They really do. Um, and they dress. And they behave in such a way um, to attract women's attention. Now, they're not really interested in having the woman per se. They just want the attention and adoration that comes when a woman thinks some guy is hot or he's the man or whatever the case may be. And these guys put forth a lot of effort. Um, they'll posture. <laughs> I don't hang around with many of I only have a couple friends who are like this. Um, one of them is corpulent as hell. No muscle mass to speak of. 
So his approach to women is to be intellectual and non-threatening. That's how he postures to women. Um, so when they say something, there's these long pauses and like he's really thinking about what they're saying. He's you know deep into what they said. It was so profound. It's BS. Um, he likes the attention. Well, what do you think? Well, let's see. That's so you, you've given me quite a bit to think about, and I'm thinking bullshit. She made some little statement that anybody with a fourth grade education could could you know answer the question. But that's how he postures. Then I have another friend who's pretty athletic, but, you know, he's got a big stomach. And, you know, like most men, myself included, he's gained weight. Um, but he doesn't do much. He doesn't do much in the exercise or anything. So his, his is to posture like, you know, hey, if the sky starts to fall, I'll, ca I'll catch the pieces. He's one of those guys. People who think they were better back then try to journey back into their past and – they try to mimic the behavior that they exhibited in their past in the, in the present. So if it's driving a sports car, and they'll, and they'll use devices such as cars, athletic equipment, or they'll talk about how they're going to kayak down the Snake River. I have seen the Snake River in many parts of it. Kayaking is a death wish. <laughs> I mean, you could do it, but I mean, go with a tour. So somebody's around to fish you out when you end up upside down. And you can't write yourself in a freaking kayak. Um, and definitely wear your life preserver. You're going to need it. These people, the first class of people, the ones who they go back into the past, they see when what part of their past was most beneficial to them in the present. So if it's the fast car or the appearance of wealth or, you know, going to the beach with a pair of freaking bikinis, you know, spandex skivvies is what I call them. You'll see these men who are wearing bikini. Oh, it's just it's vulgar. It's a bathing suit that looks like bikini underwear on a, on a woman. And it's made out of spandex, so it fits so tight. Uh, they think they look sexy and they look like hell. But anyways, they put that on, they go down there and they just stand on the beach like they're looking for a freaking ship to come into the port. Uh, there's no port, by the way. But they stand there, they're gazing out over the water. They're checking women out is what they're doing. But they're trying to do it uh, surreptitiously. So they, <laughs> they, they stand on the beach, they walk down, they stick their foot in the water, they shake the water off, you know. They make a few steps, rolling their shoulders like they're pushing against the wind. It's hilarious. You see this in Florida all the time. And then they stop again and they gaze. Or they, they, or they look at some. The one I saw was hilarious. It was my wife and kids at the beach. He was walking up and down the beach. And when he came across a very attractive, usually younger woman, he didn't. It seemed like he didn't target older women. He targeted younger women. I think because of naivete. naivete what he was looking for. Um, he would stop and he'd look down at him. And when they look up at him, he'd nod his head like, you know, like, like an approval or something. It was, it was really weird because my wife said, sweetie, what is he doing? I said, he's checking out women. <laughs> she goes, really? And I said, well, Nadine, look at him. He's walking up and down. I said, that dude has walked up and down that speech about four times. And I said, what he does is hilarious. So I said, he'll stop. 
And when a woman sunbathing looks up or, or realizes there's a presence, sometimes it seemed like he stood to cast a shadow across her to get her attention. Um, I said, when the woman sits up and looks at him, he nods his head like he's nodding his approval. And then he walks, he keeps walking because um, he knows it's sick to do that kind of stuff. But he's he's got needs. Um a person, and women do it too. Let's talk about women for a minute. Women will do it for attention, primarily for attention, um, especially older women. Older women are masters at this stuff. <laughs> they are freaking masters at playing innocent and vulnerable and needy and all that other BS to get attention. Mostly just that most older women are not Mrs. Robinson. They're not looking for hookups. They're really not. They're looking for someone to pay attention to them, someone to listen to them, someone to acquiesce to, to their fears and their needs and stuff like that. But as far as any um, real involvement, that's not really what they're looking for. You know, some are looking simply to be acknowledged. Um, I'm speaking from experience. I'm speaking as a young contractor who did projects for older women um, if it was an hourly thing, they would sit and talk to me. Want me to? They'd say, you know, it's getting pretty hot, George. Maybe you should come in in the shade and rest. And I'm thinking, freaking, trying to earn a living here. <laughs> and no kidding, I'm not exaggerating. Um, they would say, well, I'll kill. You know, you're on the clock. Just, just rest. I, I won't. You know, I'll pay you. You know. You're here working. If you take a break, and that's no big thing. Tell your guys to go get something to eat. So what they do is get me to send my guys off to get to the store or go get some food or whatever. And the part of the deal was they got to go to the store or whatever, but they wanted me to sit down under their umbrella and talk to them or listen to them, and which wasn't bad because I, you know, I was still being paid for it. My guys weren't, but I was. And the thing was, it was no big thing to me. You know, you know, bring me back something. And the thing is, is they just wanted somebody to give them feedback, basically, is all it was. What do you think? Um, and I heard a lot of, I was asked a lot of questions about, sometimes about simple things. You know, like, um, my husband and I are thinking about doing a room edition. What do you think? And I'd say, well, why are you doing a room edition? Well, we want more space. And I said, but you have a 3,000-something square foot home. You know, so they're in a home that's like 3,400 square feet. And they're talking about doing a room addition. I think they were just trying to spend money, personally. Um, I felt it was a distraction from a very boring marriage, basically, myself. Um, you know, it was... Well, this one in particular, she wanted the room addition. Husband said he wanted an office that had like 3,400 square feet. I said, why don't you just remodel one of the rooms and make it an office? Save yourself a lot of money. Her questions were more like that. You know, um, sometimes there were deep questions. Like she would say, you know, my mom, my son, oh, do you do you see your parents a lot? And I said, well, yeah, they live in town. Um, I said, I see them quite frequently. Usually come over on Sundays, like once or twice a month, and visit them. Or, or on a Saturday, they have barbecues, and we bring the kids and swim in the pool and all that. And then the thing was, my kids don't visit me. 
do you know why they don't visit me? I said, no, I have no, no understanding whatsoever. So what she was doing is she was using me to just give her feedback. Someone she didn't really know, someone who had no connection to her family, someone that was going to finish a job and leave and she'd probably never see again unless she asked me to do another job for her. So I would say those are most women, especially older women. The type two person is a person who looks to their past, sees they're better than they were in their past, and applies the principles that help them and techniques that help them to be a better person. Those people are forward-looking. Those are the people who are actively engaged in their life, improving their life, making decisions that improve their life, and making better decisions as, as they go on. They realize that the past is the past. They realize that the past can be like an encyclopedia or a dictionary. You can refer to it to help you deal with the present. So these are people who continue to go forward in life. They have, there's a better chance that their marriages are going to work out. There's a better chance that their careers are going to be stable, which helps their marriage work out. Um, these, these are people who are very balanced in life as far as, you know, family, occupation, religion, personal progress, all that stuff. They're very balanced and they're very goal oriented. Now, I don't mean they have goals like I'm going to swim the English channel and faster than anybody else has. You know, they don't think in the abstract like that. They think of realistic central goals to themselves and their family, to their wife, to their kids. Um, and they live very stable lives. Now they don't, many of them won't become rich. You know, that's a, I think it's stupid to want to be rich. I think it's more intelligent when you want to have sufficient for your means and have all your bases covered. I think that is a more realistic, uh, goal. And I think it has better application in the person's life. If a person views or sets a goal just to be rich, they'll compromise themselves and they will ignore or not pay much attention to other important parts of their life, focusing on the one goal to get rich. And then, yeah, most people don't. Gold miners in the 19th century <clears throat> who went to the Klondike, who went to California and other play. well, let's see, the Badlands, you know, not the Badlands. Yeah, the Badlands um, in South Dakota. Look how many actually got rich. You know, at, at Sutter's Mill or up at the Klondike, you know, Gold Rush in Alaska or in South Dakota. Many went, extremely few got rich. Yeah. So the goal to be rich is not a lofty or even a reasonable goal. The number two people live a very satisfying life because they typically live within their means. And if they exceed the living in their means, they become uncomfortable. So they don't carry a lot of debt or they're working on getting rid of the debt they accumulated. So these are your very stable people who live very pers purposeful lives and they do well, and their children children benefit from them. The last type of person, ugh, the worst of all, 
typically they don't really become anything. They don't really go anywhere. They don't really make any significant contributions to their life or the lives of other people. Typically, they live off other people. They're dependent on other people. So other people's labors, other people's achievements, other people's, um, well, how do you say it? Without being too critical. Other people's lives. I'm just going to be basic. They benefit at the expense of other people. And typically, other people willingly help these people. That's a consequence of, of being a good person. Um, you will help people who could help themselves but choose not to. And that typically uh, illustrates this type of a person. There are people who could help themselves who choose not to. Uh, whatever their circumstances are, they, they assume that this is who they are and this is the best and the, you know, this is just me. I'm going to do my thing. You hear these phrases. It's just me. Yeah. This is me. Yeah. I'm just going to do my thing. Yeah. It's going to be me. Very selfish. Very, very selfish, self-centered, living very small lives and living vicariously through the lives of other people and benefiting from the other person and other people's labors and achievements. That defines this person. You see this person now, the circumstances they're in, you see them 10 years from now, they're in the same circumstances. Nothing has really changed. Um, they have no real ambitions in life other than to just satisfy their immediate needs in the moment and their wants. Yeah, that's a, And they have no problem um, benefiting from other people's uh, labor. They don't. No. Whether it be governmental, family, or friend, they don't. They will take till you have nothing to give. Because that's the type of person that... But they will piss and moan. Yes, yes, I had to cover this part of it. They will piss and moan about how bad things are. How they can't understand how come things are happening to them. They're doing all they can for, for heaven's sakes. They're killing themselves trying to change things. It's all BS. Yeah. It's because the victimology that they have adopted in their lives, the victim status that they have imposed upon themselves by their doing nothing to speak of, not applying any, not making really any effort in their life, that becomes their creed. I am the victim. Support me. I am the victim. Love me. I am the victim. Cherish me. They take and give nothing but woe and despair. Yeah. Being married to a person like that is suicide. Um, if a good person gets involved with somebody like this, it will destroy that good person from within. Because they will kill themselves trying to help this type of a person. That's the consequence for getting involved with these types of people. The good person, the honorable person, the person that has done the right things in life. We're talking about class two, the second type of a person. Um, inadvertently will kill themselves for that type of a person. To, to alleviate their suffering. Yeah. To give them... The, you know, their fair share, as the saying goes. Um, you have to jettison these people immediately.
Um, I wait for the evidence. A lot of people don't. And they're probably smarter than me because you can save yourself a lot of heartache, a lot of disappointment if you get away from these people as soon as possible. I prefer to wait for the evidence because when I do something, disassociating from someone is it's permanent. Yeah. When the final axe drops with me, there is no, you're not coming back. You're just not. You're going to have to figure it out because I will not be there for you in any capacity. It's done. Um, that third type of person um, has tremendous negative impact on family, friends, children, associates. Their, their negativity and their just nothingness permeates everything they touch or everything they're involved with. Um, they're the type of relative at a gathering. Everybody says hello to, but nobody stays and talks to them because they, they're, a, I hate saying energy vampire. Cause I know some people use that term to me. It sounds stupid energy vampire, but perhaps I'm not considering it well enough. I would say they drain the piss out of me. That's what they do. These people drain me and I have, um, a very, <laughs> I have stamina. Yeah, I have a very strong constitution. I can put up with a lot of be put up with two ex-wives. That ought to tell you something. Um, I can endure quite a bit. I already have endured quite a bit. So uh, based on my past, I know what I am able to endure. And I'm sure I can endure a lot more than that. I just choose not to. These people will test your mettle as a person. They will test you, your Christian ethics as a Christian. They will test you in all areas because they are nothing and they consume and they take and they drain. So when you're involved with this type of a person, and they're not always this, they're not all this encompassing. Sometimes, you know, okay, I'm going to have to explain this. I have the feeling you don't get it. They're not 100% this way. And that's what makes them so effective in taking from people. If they were 100%, the way I've described them, um, people couldn't stand being around them for any amount of time because it'd be too much. So they're at various levels, this type of a person. You know, some are very highly consumed with self and some are, are low, lowly concerned, consumed with self. So someone who's lowly consumed only takes so much from you, you know, only demands so much of you. Um, and most people can handle low, being lowly consumed, like someone who's always borrowing money or always needs rides or, you know, Oh, same old piss and moan stories about how terrible life is. They don't know what they're going to do and all that. Most people can handle that kind of. Everybody has a relative that just pisses and moans. The one who's always about to die. That's that's the analogy I'll use. I had a relative. All they talked about was how they knew that any moment they could die. <laughs> and I was a kid listening to this stuff. So as a kid, I didn't know, I didn't have the finesse of an adult who had experience with people like this. So I said, how long have you been dying? 
<laughs> and they said, what? And I said, how long have you been dying? And they said, didn't you listen to me? I said, I feel like I could die any moment. And I said, yeah, but how long has that been going on? And they said, it's been going on for a long time. <clears throat> and they were getting angry with me. So I, uh, I asked the question, you never ask those people. How do you know? Yeah. How do you know you're dying? And they said, what the hell's wrong with you? Yeah, because they didn't like the question. But the, for me, being an innocent child, hearing this relative on many occasions talk about how close they were to death, I wanted to know how they knew they were so close to death. It was it was a genuine question because I didn't understand what adults understood. The one like the adults that would they, you know, where the person would say, "Oh, you know, I feel terrible. I feel like I can, I'm about ready to die," and they'd say, "Oh, gee, that's too bad. I was hoping you'd feel better." They knew how to get around it. I didn't because it didn't make sense to me. Now you know these three types of people. What do you think my next question is for you? Well, if you're smart, you know what it is. Which one are you? Yeah. You have to answer that. I mean, I can answer it for you if I knew you well enough, but it doesn't offer much utility for me to tell you who you are if you already know. Does it? No, it doesn't. Don't waste your time thinking about it. You have to answer that question yourself because... If there's any hope for you, you have to come to grips with who you really are, and then you have to decide who you really want to be, and then you have to determine what you need to do to get there. Um, the number two person already knows they're better than what, than what they were, and they already have constructed methods or employed methods to be better, so they're on the right track. Whether they're zooming up or just barely making it, they're improving. So this isn't really for those types of people, uh, except to give you encouragement that, hey, if you've improved yourself, you're doing better. And you probably are. Most people are, they still, even if they don't recognize it. But if you're the number two person, this really isn't for you, other than to say, good job, keep the good work, keep up the good work. This is more for the type one person who keeps looking to their past and for the type three person um, who feels they've already made it. Because those are the two that are in the greatest, uh, I would say, well, greatest danger is what I would say. Greatest danger of never becoming who they could become. Because if you look back to who you were, which was a time that you was better than you are now, that should be enough evidence to you that you're doing things wrong. Don't go back, try to go back to who you were. Take the things you've done, identify the mistakes you've made, change course, make new decisions, make different decisions. If you know that this was it was wrong for you to do this, then change it and, and think out what would be the best way to go. I always tell people to do this as, as an exercise. Whatever it is you have to make a decision on, write down three possibilities, think about it, and then come up with three possibilities on how you can solve the problem. Um, I'll give you, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you one I helped someone with one time. They had credit card debt. So when they talked to me, they said they have credit card debt. They didn't tell me. They eventually did, but in the beginning they didn't. I tell them, just tell me the truth. I can handle anything. I'll help you. Just tell me. 
So they said, I have credit card debt. And I said, okay, is it a lot? And they said, yeah, it's a lot. Well, they led me to believe they had one card that had a high balance. Yeah, that's what they led me to believe. So banking on this is what pisses me off. Tell me the damn truth so I can help you. Don't lie to me or deceive me. And there is a difference between lie and deception. A lie is when you your purpose, 100% purpose is to give me a false narrative. I consider deceit, you're not trying to lie to me to convince me of something that's not true. It's just that you're not giving me enough information to truly understand what the situation is. So in a lie, you're purposely trying to keep me from knowing the truth. In deceit, you're not giving me enough information to understand the truth. So I, dis I distinguish those two because it is true. It's very personal and sometimes it's hard um, to tell people things because it's embarrassing. But if I tell you, just tell me I can handle anything and you know me, if you know me, you know I'm, a, I'm not going to tell other people your business. You should just tell me the truth so I can give you the best you know, possible uh, counsel on how to solve your problem. Anyways, they said they had uh, credit card debt and they had a large balance. So I said, okay, so what have you been doing to pay off the credit card? They've been making, it was like they had a $10,000 limit. They had burned like 7,000 of it and they were paying minimum payment, but they were still using the card. So I said to them, okay, this is, this is what I would suggest. If I said, do you need to use the card? And they said, yes. And I said, okay. Um, why do you need to use the card? And they said, well, we don't make enough money, so we use the card to help us. Well, they said like this, we don't make enough money. I said, what do you mean you don't make enough money? Well, they said, well, because of our paychecks, <coughs> they got paid every two weeks, if I remember right, the husband and wife. They were in the military. They said what happens is between the first of the month when we get paid and the 15th when we get paid again, um, we don't have enough money to make it through that period. So my idea to them was, okay, why don't you do this? Pay for with everything. Okay, I said, take the money that you get and then figure out what is uh, what amount of that money is for paying bills. You have to pay these bills to figure that money. I said, then... Um, look at what you have left. So if you have, for that two-week period, say you have $4,000 between you and your wife. You know, that means you make $2,000. You're both making $4,000 a month. <coughs> so that's $8,000 total. I said, if, if you're making $8,000 and $5,000 of strictly bills, pay all the bills with a credit card. That's the first thing to do. Pay all the bills with a credit card. And then, before the statement closes, go ahead and pay off that $5,000 worth of bills. Pay it off. And then make two or three times the minimum payment. So if your minimum payment is $50, um, pay $100 or $150. So pay $5,150. Or even $5,200 if you can. Uh, and so I said, so 5,200 of, of 8,000 should leave you with $2,800. And, and I said, and find a way to live on that. I keep doing that 
And then as you pay down, I so said, then you're racking up points because you're using your credit card. You're paying off the balance before the due date. So the new balance is not being charged against you. It's just what you already have on the card. Um, work it so you don't go over the, you know, the, the $10,000. Stay within 10000 Work it in such a way that you're... You're paying two or three times the minimum as you're using the card and you're paying off the balance you're accruing so it doesn't count with the other balance you're already carrying. Um, I said you'll rack up points, you'll pay off the credit card faster, you'll pay less interest. I did all this. Well, then the, the truth came out. That's not the only card we have. I thought, son of a bitch. Why didn't you tell me this to begin with? I was mad at him. I didn't show it, but I, inside I was fuming because I thought, okay, well, that freaking blows that plan all the hell. So I said, you have another card? And they said, yeah. And I said, how many cards do you have? We have four. I said, four cards like that because I, I have one credit card. Um, <laughs> just <laughs> to make a long story short, I told them to apply the two to three rule on the highest interest rate card, but to use the lowest rate interest card to pay their bills on, um, which makes sense because if you're going to charge things to your card and what if, what if you charge $4,000 worth of bills on your card and you could only pay $3,800, that means there's $200 you're going to carry on that card. You're going to pay interest on so I said, pay your bills on the lowest interest rate card in case you can't pay the whole thing off, which if, if you're me, you pay the damn thing off. I said, dude, so I started giving them counsel on that. So anyways, what happened was um, they were paying multiple payments two to three times from what they told me on the highest rate interest card they had. And when that thing got paid off, I told them, close the account. Yeah. They got down that had they had two cards, highest rate cards, which were like twenty something percent, got closed out, and they were left with two lower rate cards. It took a long time, but the point is, um, no matter what problem you have, there is a solution to that problem. And sometimes, as individuals, it's hard for us to determine what the solutions are. We need to go to other people. We need to study the problem, read, do the research, whatever. The bottom line is this, is that unless you are able, unless you're willing, I guess I would say, unless you're willing to determine and identify which type of person you are, first, second, or third, you're not going to be able to construct, you know, a plan to reach your potential. So if you're a type one person and you don't identify yourself as a type as a type one person, you're not going to be able to determine how to become a type two person. If you're a type three person and you don't do that, you won't be able to identify yourself as type three and take the step to become a type two. If you don't identify yourself as a type two person, you're not going to be able to determine how you can improve on what you've already improved on because type two people will plateau if they aren't careful. Um, anybody can plateau on any, any of those three types of people will plateau. If you're a number two person, 
Well, you don't, you don't want to plateau as a number two person. You don't. If you identify yourself as a number two, you should be trying to improve upon the improvements you already made. Sometimes there will be things you will not be able to improve on. That's great. But the things that you can, you should. And then you become a better type two person. And as a type two person, you can be a tremendous benefit to type ones, especially, and to type threes if they allow it. Type threes really don't want any intervention. They don't want any help other than what they want. But they certainly don't want to change because they feel like they have made it. Okay, that's it. That's freaking school's out. Class is over. Now go on with your miserable lives and do something constructive. And <laughs> I'm just joking with you. Wish you the best. Take it and run. Yeah, it, the ball's in your court.